I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, beautiful mamas. Have I got a treat for you today. Catherine Munro is the author of Spilt Milk Yoga, and she runs events and workshops in New Zealand and Australia. And her work is so closely aligned to Happy Mama and my vision for what we talk about and how we grow through motherhood that it felt like I'd found my soul sister. Catherine is now a mama of teenage children, but she has really found ways to look at how we can grow as women as we grow our children. She uses the philosophies of yoga and self-inquiry and really looks at how we can be okay with this time in our life. She's also got an amazing way of looking at the contrast that we go through in the early years of motherhood. When we come to motherhood with this enormous sense of independence, a sense of what we are going to do with our life and who we are, and then at the same time this biological part of our brain kicks in and all we want to do is stay at home and look after our children and how that contrast of these almost two different parts of ourselves causes so much of our disconnection. It's such a great interview. I can't wait to share it with you and I know it's going to be one of those podcasts where you have those little moments of, oh my goodness, that is so true. Enjoy. This is the Happy Mama Movement with your host, Amy Taylor-Kabaz, author, mama to three, and editor of the Happy Mama magazine. In my mamahood journey, I have gone from an overachieving, addicted-to-busyness superwoman to finally slowing down, simplifying, and realizing that being a mama is the greatest self-development teacher in the world. And after more than 15 years covering breaking news, I've swapped current affairs to inspiration and now bring you the best I can find every week to help us feel more connected as women as we raise our families. Because when we come together, amazing things happen. So welcome to the movement. I think I'd always thought that I would be a mother. But I was raised by a second-wave feminist, uh, two older sisters. We always had career and choice at the forefront of our picture of our lives and education. So I was on that path. And, yeah, I don't think we ever really talked about how those two things would fit together. So beyond the shock of actually giving birth and having a person come out of my body, <laughs> you know, there's kind of a psychic shock in that. There were two main things, I think, that happened at that point. One was I met my biologic in a whole new way, and it sort of overrode my individual 
self-concern. And so I became two people in that moment. And that was such a big shock to my psyche, I think. Uh, And the second part of that was then I was left holding the baby and the bathwater. So I had a picture of myself as this cracking career woman. And there I was as a mother with this intense biologic in play. And I couldn't quite figure out how those two things would fit together. And it became actually a core conflict in my identity, in my particularly in those early years of motherhood. I absolutely love how you've summed that up. That is my experience of motherhood Mm. in a nutshell. Completely agree. Can I pick out one word that you used there and get you to elaborate a bit for me? What do you mean that when you had that experience of another human being coming out of your body, you met your biologic? What does that mean? Well, I think we have a logic, our thought processes and our politics and our Um, sociology, all of our sociologic, you know, this is what we do in our culture and our place and our time. These are the choices I make. But then I was meeting a very fundamental human and body action and need. And sometimes those two things just felt so at odds with one another. So, for example, we often don't feel like leaving our babies behind because our biologic says keep your baby with you at all times to ensure its survival and we can feel very agitated. I remember going out with this constant feeling like I'd left something on the stove. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of panicky, is my baby okay? It's just a deep agitation in myself when I would leave and sometimes I would go and... um, switch into work mode and forget my other life and then be a little bit ashamed. You know, I'd kind of, oops, Mm. you know, I was out having another sort of life and then there I am coming home again. Mm. So mm, I think there's a, that's what I mean by biologic. Like we, we have a logic and we have drives and motives and physiological things that our bodies want to do. Uh, Like very often it's not a conscious choice to have children. I was trying to make a conscious choice. Do I want children or not want children? And then there was a point at which my body switched into, I want to have a baby and I want my baby now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Oh, yes. (laughs) But that, that, I've never heard it explained so clearly than you just have just then. It's that contrast of the biologic of this absolutely natural instinct we have once that baby arrives to give up everything to be with this Mm. child and to nurture it and create a home. And I know for me, you know, I became domesticated overnight in ways that I never imagined myself (laughs) doing or being happy to do. That was the biggest shock for me. Like, I actually really like staying at home and cleaning up my house. Like, Mm. that was a shock. I was going to be a foreign correspondent. You know, that's not what I thought my (laughs) life was going to be. But we have that biologic 
And then we have this other logic that you said where we're raised by these feminist, beautiful women that we're told we can do anything. And there's the contrast. There's the push and the pull. And that's what makes it so hard. Mm, Some of those things are not necessarily a logical choice. That's right. So you are at the other end. You, you're the one that's gone before us. You're with the teenagers now and you've had this journey of putting those two parts of your life together as much as you can. Share with us what you've learned. <laughs> Tell us how it is. Oh, well, when you say I'm at the other end, I think I'm just in the middle of another phase, Amy. Mm. At uh, soon to be 14 and 17, there are a whole raft of other concerns and issues and questions that I'm working with but in myself as a mother I'm still a person in process Mm. unfolding this new phase. I've never had a 17 year old before Mm. Um, so I'm just at the edge of those learnings as I was when I had a seven year old for the first time or a seven month old for the first time. The intensity has dropped away for sure. I think there's nothing like the intensity of those early years. And so for all you mamas listening, you know, that's you're really in the thick of it. And oh, you know, I I remember so well the intensity. And certainly now it's amazing. I sleep in my bed, they sleep in theirs. <laughs> and everyone um, sleeps all night. <laughs> Yeah, and into the afternoon. and the. Yeah. See, that sounds so good to me about now. Yeah. <laughs> I know, so wouldn't it be good if we could just choose? But actually, teenagers' sleep patterns are wild and erratic and challenging mm. as well, and Wi-Fi and all of those things that mm. go with that. But um, what was your question again? <laughs> I guess this is what Spilt Milk is all about, what you share, is is how we can move through those early years mm. and and share with us what you've learnt because what you do with your work now, with your book and, and the events that you run and how you connect with mums is that you really look at, and I love how you write this, you really look at how we grow ourselves while we grow our children. Mm. What a great line. I love that. Yeah, well, isn't that what's happening? I mean, we we are plunged into the deep end as mothers and we think and we swim in different moments and we meet our habits and we meet our best behaviour and we meet our worst behaviour because we're often sleep deprived, uh, we're really learning something new and we're on the edge and there's high demand on us to sustain another life and to be the centre of not just our own lives, but often a number of people's lives. And it's, it is such a high-pressure environment uh, in which we're learning. And for me, it was so much that those behaviours that I had, my best and worst behaviours, got amplified. Oh, yes. So my stress, my anxiety, my vulnerability my sense of comparison to other people, uh, all of those things were just um, heightened. And, but so were the other things, the, the sense of love 
a sense of appreciating the shape of a little person's ear mm. or her rosebud lips or the smell of a newborn. I used to just go crazy for the smell of my firstborn. Mm. I'd just sniff her up. <laughs> so it was, it's a very intense time and I think I just got subsumed. No space for myself because I was clicked into this caregiving role that was so much about the other person and uh, yeah I came second for the first time in my life I came second maybe third possibly even fourth and yeah that's a that's a big adaptation so Spilt Milk Yoga is the book I wish I had had when I became a mother and the subtitle is a guided self-inquiry to finding your own wisdom, joy, and purpose through motherhood. Mm. So like you say, it's very much that process of growing ourselves. While we grow our children, our focus is so on them. So how do we carve out some practice? And it's not a 40-minute meditation practice. That just I, that was never practical for me. It was how do I even hold on to something that means when I get to the end of the day, I feel like I've made some sense of progress because I would fall into bed exhausted, get up again and kick off the day you know, far earlier than I wanted to um, and yeah, just be there in the service of other people. So having something that acted as a beacon and a guide for me would have been so welcome and I couldn't find that book so I wrote it. Perfect. Mm. So you talk about yoga not as in yoga poses necessarily but yoga from the inside, yoga for the inside. Mm. What do you mean by that and for the mummers that are still in that spilt milk, spilt milk time of their life in that real contrast of finding yourself but also having to put yourself way down the list, what type of things can we do? Well, that guided self-inquiry to finding your own wisdom, joy and purpose, that own word really matters because it's not about me saying this is what you should do. It's not a parenting advice book. Mm-hmm but it really is about the process of self-inquiry. So that's the yoga, the yoking of all of that spilt milk that happens in our day, and it might be literally spilt milk. It can be those things that happen, crowns on the wall and hoses in the window, um, but it's also all of that stuff that happens internally in us when the, all of those old family systems get dredged up and we feel that I would, sometimes I was the thing that was making my day difficult because I felt so stressed. Oh, that is such a good insight. So it's really like how do I grasp onto something? And I've designed the book so that it's very mother-friendly. Each chapter is really only three pages, but there's a quote. So even if you just see that there's a chapter called Mad, Bad and Sad Mothering Moments, open to that, even just sometimes seeing that chapter title is a relief because you Mm. go, yes, that's me. Mm. So thank goodness somebody else is even just acknowledging that that happens or embracing the light and the dark might be the practice and go, yep, there is light, there is dark and embracing is my practice today. Then there'll be a quote, something very simple and maybe that's all you get to. 
But then on the first page of writing, I share some, you know, my epic mothering fails, the moments where I really lost my way. And um, I think that honesty is really important because, you know, I wasn't gliding through motherhood um, and I didn't want to pretend to be gliding through motherhood. I wanted to have that conversation with people about, hey, I'm, I'm not gliding at this moment. And, but what, what do I want to learn from this? So that's the yoking, going, mm. okay, there's this spilt milk moment occurring inside me or around me. This is my response. And then the second page of writing is, how would that apply or how would yoga apply to that? How would we apply yoga to motherhood? If motherhood, if we embrace motherhood as path, what is the practice here or the learning here? And if it is something like embracing the light and the dark or being your own best friend, something like that, then there's a page of self-inquiry and there are questions I've designed to lead mothers towards that self-knowledge. So we come to know ourselves and we're yoking that's what the essence of yoga is, to, to yoke. So we're yoking all that hard work we're doing as mothers to fueling our, our inner knowledge, our inner journey, so it becomes both the lamp and the fuel that illumines our path and we get to understand more about ourselves. So even if I get to the end of the day and I think, okay, I was practicing self-acceptance and I lost my way sometimes, but... I've come to understand something or I held on to that quote through the day and now when I fall into bed, I'm not just going, oh, you know, I'm going to have to get up and do this all again tomorrow and I don't feel I made any progress. But I think, yes, I did have one coordinate that I was relating to and I feel like I'm a little closer to being more the person I want to be. Amazing way to look at it. I want to pick up on one thing that you said there, that you wanted to show that you weren't gliding through motherhood. Oh, mm. Nobody glides through it, though, do they? This is the thing that frustrates me so much, is that we have this expectation that someone out there is nailing this. <laughs> and I've spoken to hundreds and hundreds of mamas now, everyone from yoga gurus to, you know, someone who has every resource at their fingertips and no one glides through this. Where did we get this assumption from? Well, I, I, I was fortunate. I didn't have Facebook or Instagram or mm. anything in those early years, but gosh, it's full of it. It was, I suppose, I've never been a big, you know, women's magazine reader, but there are plenty of pictures of uh, women falling, laughing into piles of folded washing and their kids look amazing. <laughs> or you know, they look wonderful under trees and they've got a coffee and the dog and the buggy. And, you know, like it all, it was the, it's the good moments people want to share because mm -hmm. they're feeling good and they want to share when we're most vulnerable, when we're feeling, you know, frightened or anxious or ashamed or guilty or worried or anxious. You know, any of those moments, that's when we feel it. Very, it's very difficult to reach out and share when we're feeling like that because we're already so um, fearful of being rejected or judged that we don't we don't risk that. So spilt milk yoga, the the purpose of the work is connecting mothers to self and others. Mm. So when we come together in groups, in the groups that I run with spilt milk yoga, it's very much about how do we connect to ourselves. 
using contemplative practices and what is the wisdom that we can connect into. And you're right, we're not gliding through. And so what? how do we embrace those moments we're not gliding and go, yeah, what can I learn from this? And we become friends to ourselves on the journey. I think we friend ourselves along the way and we... we we get less judgmental about ourselves, I think, is also the, the, it's a guide to sort of softening into our human love and learning, coming to know ourselves, developing awareness, so that we really orient to our choice, develop our flexibility in the face of all that spilt milk, because we're all doing our best. We are. With what we've got, wherever we are. That's right. And it's that, you know, the mummers that have listened to me for a while now will know that this is my big thing. It's just to live a conscious life, to Mm. not wake up in 5, 10, 15 years' time and think, oh, God, what was that all about? Mm. To try as often as we can on a daily basis, if possible, even on an hourly basis, to stop and think, okay, so where am I? What are my thoughts doing right now? Where, where is my head? How can I reconnect back into the moment? What is the lesson here? It's just that awareness. But that is a, that is a learned habit, isn't it? Yes, that's right. It, it, it's such a practice, Amy. You're so right. And, you know, I would miss so many moments in my day. I still do. But it's bringing that consciousness into my day that this is my intention. And however I do support myself to have that awareness so that in the moment, whether it was a toddler or a teenager coming to me with something, Mm. an angry response or a hurt or a need, that if I'm more connected to myself, I'm more available to respond in a way that creates connection, that creates love, that creates listening. And if I react unconsciously, that I uh, don't just stay in the, oh, of that, I should have done that, better could have, would have, should have, mm. that I, I climb back onto my path and think consciously, what do I want to do now? So all those little moments, I used to think, oh, I would love to go off on a retreat and, you know, one day and when my kids get older. But I thought, actually, this is about now. This exactly. is about not one day, but two day. It's hanging out this little sock. Mm-hmm. on the line, like what's the meditation of that action? If I can breathe and relax my jaw and my shoulders just while I'm hanging out the washing rather than thinking, okay, I've got this big list of things to do and I've hung this out, I've got to, oh, you know, I'll put the wash on and I've got to do all of these things before she wakes up and, oh, yeah, I was just spinning on the spot most days with this feeling of like I was running in front of a tiger or something. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It is exactly like that. But before I ask you the final three questions, I just would love to hear your thoughts on this belief that I have that motherhood really is our greatest teacher. We can go to those retreats and sit at the feet of gurus and have so many insights, but when we come back home and we have to wake up and I want to say deal with the onslaught, deal is probably not the right word, but um, work through whatever's happening within our little family, that's when we learn the real lessons. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. I, I think you're so right, and that's really aligned with spilt milk yoga. You know, we do, it is an endurance test at times, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't need to climb a mountain or sit at the feet 
if a teacher will be in a loincloth in the freezing wind with an arms bowl. <laughs> you know, we, we, we are going to meet those things, physical discomfort, endurance, sacrifice. You know, um, motherhood just supplies us with so many moments for courage, uh, clear boundaries, you know, not just managing other people's tantrums, but managing our own, mm. dealing with frustration and anger when things don't go our way. So we don't get hours of solitary isolation. It's just, you know, it's hard even to go to the loo on your own, isn't it? So, exactly. Um, yeah, I think motherhood is just is such a brilliant, brilliant opportunity to learn about ourselves because all that stuff is going to get tilled to the surface and so if we can meet ourselves there in motherhood, we're just giving ourselves and our family the greatest gift. Mm, beautifully said. Thank you. You're listening to the Happy Mama Movement. At the core of it, the Happy Mama Movement is all about one simple idea, that mamahood can be the greatest catalyst for change in a busy woman's life. So now for the big three questions. What has motherhood taught you about yourself? Oh, oh, um, well, that I'm always doing my best. Mm. Um, that my biologics far more powerful than I had thought it was. That I'm responsible for my own happiness. Yeah, and I think too that I'm this. Yeah, I think there's a, a quote in the book that says, "When I shine light into my dark corners, I find nothing stronger there than me." Oh wow! Oh, that is beautiful. I just mm. got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if we do the work of connecting to ourselves, you know, and I've had to really practice slowing down, becoming more conscious of myself, my thoughts my processes, my assumptions, my aspirations, and that's the work of spilt milk yoga. You know, we strengthen our wisdom, our joy, and our purpose so that we're, we're ready to, to meet all of those moments. And really what I just find in, those, in the biggest challenges is another part of me that needs more love mm. or needs to be listened to or needs acceptance and care, just like I would for one of my children. And so can I apply that to myself? I suppose that's something that it's taught me. If I, if I grow my capacity for peace and tolerance and ease with myself, then I'm more readily able to give it to others. Oh, amazing insights. Hmm. So if you could go back and tell yourself one thing before you started on this mummerhood journey. Just one thing, Amy. Yes. <laughs> if you can. <laughs> What's oh. the first one that jumps into your mind? Well, I suppose, like I said, you know, um, I would say to myself, you're going to meet yourself at a whole new level. Mm. All parts of you will be amplified. So... I would give myself two bits of advice, I think. It would be meditate every day. And if it can't be meditate, you know, journal or run or do yoga or something mm -hmm. for yourself. Because, and I probably, um, I know that that's not an easy habit. I know that that's a challenge. But... Uh, I would probably just say, here, read this book. I wrote it for you. <laughs> Perfect advice. <laughs> Love it. And so finally then, Catherine, what would 
When I say a happy mama, what do you think a happy mama is? Mm, for me, it's connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's when I'm connected to my own wisdom, joy and purpose, when I'm connected to this moment now as having value, when I'm connected to my partner, when I'm connected to my children, to the environment. You know, and that has to come out of me being connected to myself. Yeah, when I feel that what I'm doing and who I am and what I have to offer is of value. Yes, couldn't agree more. Connection mm. is my word too. Hmm. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. I know that you travel around with your spilt milk yoga. I'm coming to Australia soon. <laughs> So the details of Catherine's book and her work and when she will be hopefully in your part of the world will be on the website with the podcast notes. So Mamas, please have a look. As you can hear, she is exactly what Happy Mama is all about. And it was an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Amy, and thank you for your work. It's beautiful to listen into your podcasts. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Happy Mama Movement. To make sure you never miss an insight, please subscribe to this podcast and also pop on over to see the latest issue of the Happy Mama magazine at www.happymama.com.au. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.